True Tech, Season 2, Episode 2. The step-by-step process to successfully launching an app. Welcome to Cutting Through Tech, the show all about technical strategy for women leaders today. You are listening to Season 2, which is all about mobile apps. Now, if you've had an idea niggling away at you for a while and wondered exactly how to build it, you're in the right place. I'm Maxime. I'm a software engineer, designer, and technical coach to women entrepreneurs worldwide. And in this episode, I'll be walking you through step-by-step what the app development process looks like. Often, this is where people want to start. You're wondering exactly how do I make an app? Where do I start and what do I do? Usually... I ask people to to think about it a little bit more before they get to this point. But if you've done your homework and you feel confident that your idea is worth pursuing and an app is the right platform to launch it to, you are ready to move on to the next stage. You're likely wondering, how do you strategize your app into reality and what are the steps you need to take to make it happen? What do you do and in which order? Well, listen closely as I go through the three main stages you need to execute on to build an app why these are crucial, and how you know when to move on to the next. And by the end, you'll have all you need to launch an app successfully. Now, if this is the stage that you're at, and you're curious to learn as much as you can about it, you'll be happy to hear that I'm hosting a webinar on this exact topic on May 1st. Really, it's all about how to make your app a reality. I'll be walking through these steps in greater detail, providing you with clear checklists and exercises so you can start mapping out how to build your very own app. If you want access to this free, hour-long, powerful training and a chance to ask questions that are top of mind for you, register now on menenia.com and you'll find the link in the show notes. So, what are these three main phases, you ask? Well, it all starts with research and validation. Really, a goal without a plan is just a wish, as is often said. So why is this so important? And really it's twofold. Firstly, you will be investing a lot of time and money. Creating an app, even if you're not the one doing the development, is hard, hard work. You don't want to pour your time and money down the drain, which is what will happen if you don't come at it with the right approach. Secondly, most apps will fail. And a lot of these failures could have been foreseen with the right preparation. Doing this work now, means you're at least eliminating over 80% of the problems you might have otherwise faced down the line. Going through this phase is crucial to making sure this app even has a chance of seeing the light of day. So what exactly will you be doing in this first stage of research and validation? Well, simple really. Your app needs to be three things. It needs to be viable, desirable, and feasible. Now, it sounds simple, and if only that was the case. Let's look at viable. This means your idea has to have a sustainable business model baked in. We'll be covering this in more depth later on in the season, but for now, I urge you to think deeply about how you would monetize this. Will people subscribe and pay? Are you offering this app for free? If, say, they are enrolled in another offer with you, or will you charge outright? Now, there's nothing wrong with asking money. It may look like a lot of apps are offered for free, and they are. This is considered the freemium model, 
But make no mistake, they are raking in the cash in other ways. The app market is a billion dollar industry after all. I saw this tweet the other day from David. He is one of the Basecamp founders and their CTO. And uh, he was talking about the product, Hey, that they'll be launching later this year. It's their take on improved email. And he got a question on Twitter about how they could possibly monetize something like that. And he replied very simply, money. We will charge money. Now, this absolutely cracked me up because there is this kind of false belief that, you know, technology should be offered for free. I understand where it comes from. We have Gmail, we have YouTube, we have a lot of different services that we kind of use for free. But as you know, at the end of the day, sustained by either advertising or data or other ways that they can basically use your usage (laughs) to make money. Because realistically speaking, everything needs to be sustainable. So really think about this, you know, do the research, crunch the numbers, interview your target audience and see what would work for your business and your users. This leads me to the point on desirable. Whatever you are creating, it has to be wanted or needed by your intended customer. You cannot do enough research on them, right? I cannot overstate this point enough. You want to be interviewing them, letting them play with prototypes and ideas. You want to run surveys past them. There are many types of workshops I will run with a potential user base to get to the core of their problems, their needs and their priorities. These things will ultimately determine exactly what shape your app will take. If it is something that is not desired by your ideal customer, really what's the point in making it? (laughs) And there is so much you can do already right now to find out about that. There's no point in waiting until you've built this entire thing, spent so much time and money And then only to find out that people are not that interested. So two questions for you. Who is your user going to be? And what problem are you solving for them? This has to be essential to them in some way. It can't just be a nice to have. So now that you know what the business model is and who it's for, your idea will start to take a little bit more of a concrete shape. You will have an idea of exactly what you're looking to create that you believe will hit the mark. So we're left with the final point really, which is feasible. This is the stage that you likely want to start talking to developers, consultants, technical coaches, and so on, as you really do need to know the nitty and gritty. What are the implications of what I'm trying to build? If you want to be able to project a completely virtual cooking environment, let's say, where chefs can learn how to make dishes digitally through augmented reality and virtual reality, well, that's not really going to be easy, right? However, if you want to create a marketplace where you would put restaurants who have last minute available seating in touch with hungry, wandering folk, well, that is feasible. But depending on the technicalities, it can be more complex. Are you expecting there to be some kind of food preferences algorithm backing all of this up? You will want to uncover that complexity as it will likely also impact the shape that your idea takes as it heads into execution. So between all of these points, you want to do the groundwork, right? Sketch out the concepts, the business models and the personas. Talk to as many users as you can, other founders, consultants and techie people. If you want to be really prepared, you want to work with a technical coach. But really, it's all about making sure that your idea stands a chance at being viable, 
desirable and feasible. Because when it ticks all of these boxes, you can start to assemble a team and really get into the details. The second phase is design and development. We're now moving beyond the idea into the details of what this app is going to be, what it's going to look like, and what it's going to do exactly. You will start to work with UX designers, developers, and product managers, whom you can either hire as a team, go through an agency, or hire contractors. Either way, you are getting your tacticians on board. These are people who will actually do the nitty gritty work that is making an app real. Now, why this phase is important, I think is fairly self-explanatory because really the only way an app becomes an app is for designers to sketch it out in details and for developers to write some code that makes it real. Now, I want to be really clear because just because they are doing the everyday implementation and execution This is not the time for you to start putting your feet up and relaxing. The absolute most important thing that happens in this phase is for you to define your MVP. Now, MVP stands for Minimum Viable Product. It is the core and most essential thing that you can build in a short phase that allows you to actually launch the app and then from then on, iterate further. Rarely do you want to build an app that has all the bells and whistles, spend two years in hiding developing it, and then releasing it. Instead, you want to release a core set of features that still provides deep value to your target user, but equally seems doable to develop in, say, three months or so. Now, how do you get to this point? Well, you really have to break down the idea that you've researched and validated and prioritize all of those features into an MVP. This is something we'll be discussing in a few episodes down the line, but know that you play a vital role in this. At this stage, you should know your target user inside and out so you know what they want and what they need. The other key activity that needs to happen during this phase is further validation. Your idea should be validated already. However, you want to continue testing builds every two weeks or so making sure you are getting users to have a go at it. The value of feedback that these users give you throughout this entire cycle really can't be understated. Practically speaking, it will also iron out all the kinks now rather than later. It's better for you and your test folk to trip over bugs and issues and all of the things that other people would otherwise do once it's launched rather than your users doing so later on, whom you're hoping to convert into customers. So just to recap, whilst this design and development phase is mostly executed by, you know, what I call tacticians, your designers, your developers, and so on, you still continue to play a vital role. Choosing what to build now or later is really what is asked of you during this time. And you want to stay close to the product. Regularly ask for builds that you can test and play with and attend user testing sessions. Continue to refine the ideas and feature sets until you're happy with how this MVP is taking shape. After a few weeks or months, it'll start to become more done, right? So done even that you might want to start on executing your launch strategy and sending out a beta invite to a select group of users, which really means that you've made it to phase three. Hooray! You basically have an app now. But don't celebrate too early just yet. If no one will be downloading or using your app, it will have all been for nothing. Now, that is what this stage, test and launch, is all for. 
It's all about setting this beautifully crafted app that you and your team have worked so hard on, setting it up for success. You can get quite creative here, but usually there is three things to keep in mind. You want to do some final testing, perhaps in the form of a beta. You want to have a launch strategy that could include press and marketing. And you want your positioning in the app market and app store to be solid. Today, it's easier than ever to give a select group of people early access to your app, often called a beta program. And there might be a few reasons why you'd like to do this. Firstly, it's one more safety check where you get to discover outstanding issues and bugs because trust me, they're always there. But yeah, you can discover these outstanding issues before you release to the public, but you can also use it to generate some hype, right? (laughs) You can ask people to sign up to get early exclusive access. Give the press a chance to play with it. Really use it to build towards the public launch by introducing some tension and desire. Now, I just mentioned press and you want to start talking to as many influential people that you know ahead of time. Embargo if you must, but it really helps when publications can have articles ready to go on your chosen day of launch. This is what we did with SwiftKey. SwiftKey was in theory already an app right, on Android and they knew that we were building it for iOS. Now we had a great comms team that spoke to tons and tons of different press teams and On our day of launch, the New York Times had an article ready to go, so did The Verge and TechCrunch and many other online and offline publications. So everything launched with maximum impact, and you will want to do the same. You really want to send as many people to the App Store as you can in a short period of time. You'll also want to market the launch yourself and increase, you know, increase the marketing as the day draws closer. You are likely running a business already, So you will have your marketing channels, mailing lists and lead sources in place. So get those ready to go and start informing people that this app is happening. You want to get them so excited that they are writing it in their calendars and in their diaries and telling all their friends about it. Now, lastly, the App Store really isn't all that different from Google. You might have heard of SEO, search engine optimization, but really there's such a thing in the App Store as well. It's called, surprisingly enough, ASO. ASO or app search optimization. What will people be searching for to land on your app? What are you choosing to put in the title and the descriptions to make sure that they can find you? Apple has excellent resources on this too. And if you're lucky enough to get in touch with the store team, they might feature you or give you tips. Actually saying that it's really, really helpful if you can reach out to them. Being featured on the Apple App Store is so, so beneficial. Also, App Annie is a fantastic resource you can use here. Um, They help you research keywords and all the stuff that is popular on the store. So you can kind of figure out what the words are that you need to make sure you hit so users can find you. In short, if you were to just upload your app to the store and expect the cash to just come streaming in, well, that'd be wishful thinking. So a strategic launch is key to the success of your app. And overall, it's fairly straightforward to accomplish, right? You want to make sure that you are testing it with people. You want to maybe even create a beta program and give early access to to folks. And you want to have a proper marketing plan in place that leads up to that launch. And lastly, you want to make sure that you hit the right keywords so people can find you both on the website, because I assume you'll, you know, create a website for your app, but also in the app store itself. And think about ASO, 
app search optimization. So there we have it, folks, how to go from an app idea to your product in the app stratosphere. <laughs> okay, that, that sounded super cheesy, but really in all seriousness, right? If you follow these steps and, you know, make sure that your idea goes through all these three key phases, you will do well. You'll firstly want to validate, you know, and do your research by making sure that your idea is viable, desirable and feasible you will already avoid many pitfalls that most people fall into when they start app development. So do the homework, connect with as many people, customers and advisors alike that you can before moving into designing and developing your idea. Once you do make it to the second phase, all about design and development, here you'll be setting the right priorities and making sure that your team is working towards one well-scoped application. Now, when that is really starting to take shape, and you know it's starting to get ready for launching you want to make sure that you pull out all your contacts <laughs> go through linkedin connect with anyone you can try and get pr press involved you know you name it pull all of them together and set up a solid launch plan to start marketing your app you want to put the strategy in place basically to make sure that your app goes out into the world with the biggest impact possible and then well your app will be out there right? You are now officially a tech entrepreneur with your own proprietary piece of technology. You own your own technical asset. Now, the fun doesn't end there. It is a ongoing rodeo, but I'd say it's really important that you take a moment to truly congratulate yourself. Few make it all the way through this. It is hard work, but I really hope you do. I often say at Menenia that my goal is to support women entrepreneurs through this process because you are hard at work creating the businesses of the future. If, as a woman, I want to be supported by technology that has actively kept me in mind as a user, I need to make sure that that technology has a chance to come to life and be real, right? And I hope you'll join me in doing that too. And really, the best way you do that is by making your ideas happen. So for now, that's all I had. Uh, tune into the show next week as we delve into even more of how it all works. We are going to go into the technical decisions and trade-offs that you will often need to decide on as an app gets developed. I do often say, right, no technical lingo required on the show, but you will encounter some in your day-to-day -day, and I will make sure to walk you through the consequences of them so you can make your decisions with confidence. If you liked this episode and it raised even more questions for you and you would like access to practical and powerful tools that will help you as you go through these three stages of app development, you will want to attend my free live webinar on May 1st. You can sign up now and I've included the link for you in the show notes. I'm Maxine, you've just listened to Cutting Through Tech and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.